Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. It is Tuesday, August 11th, 2015. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm speaking with my sister, Julie Dolan, who is back home in Dallas, Texas. Hey, Julie, how's everything in Texas? Uh, Leanne, it's a little warm here, you know, but it's August. Um, Happy to be on the line with you today. Very happy to be talking with you. Yeah, we took a couple of um, shows off. It wasn't even full weeks, really. It was some random shows. Uh, Usually we take the whole month of August off, but we're here for you this August, and uh, we're going to carry on with Satellite Sisters and just launch into uh, a whole nother season of Satellite Sisters. It's our show. We can start the seasons whenever we want to, right? <laughs> oh, is this, is this the start of the new season? No. I, you know, I got to clear that with Liz, so never mind. Just okay. is, This is just a continuation of the old season, okay? We usually start the new season in September, so let me clear let me clear the season calendar with Liz, all right, before we go. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> No. Um, all right. We have uh, some perfect August news stories for you today. I was on a college tour. Going to tell you about that. Ooh, good, uh, good. Julie, you have a new segment you're going to introduce, so we'll, we can't wait to hear about that. Uh-huh. Um, we have a couple of election uh, reports that we're going to get behind a couple of people, uh, throw, our, <laughs> throw our support behind some candidates. Um, a good essay from the New York Times called Too Old for This. We're going to talk about that. The color of the season, according to our girl, Bobby Brown. Julie has picks and pans. And then, of course, uh, the season finale of Dark. We have a Oof. double episode of Dark and Handsome. Uh, that was a long episode, was it not? It was a journey, Leanne. <laughs> there was so much galloping, so much sea staring, so many ups and downs. Really? Uh, it was, it was, a, it was a lifetime. Yeah. It was, was a long episode. So we are going to get to Paul Dark and Handsome at the end of the show. Uh, but first, just a little college update. I do have a son starting his senior year this week. And I have to say my younger son, I have two boys. One is starting his senior year this week. I am a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of wistful than I thought yes, I would be. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of laughs. I'm excited for him. It's not like, a, oh, no, don't ever leave. But all of a sudden, you know, when you're a parent and you've started a lot of first days of school and made a lot of school lunches and, you know, gone to a lot of meetings and things like that, when it's the last of that, it's a little sad. It's a little sad. The whole year is going to feel like that, Leanne. It's, okay. you know, it's, it's, it's the last time. There'll be the homecoming dance. The last time, you know, will be Christmas break. Yeah. But that's, it's good. It prepares you. It's, it's, again, it's a journey you're on. Maybe that's the theme for today's show, Leanne. <laughs> Lots of journeys. So what happened on the big college tour? So here's what we did. We had a little family vacation first, which was a, a winter, winter family vacation. Did I was forced to hike. I was, I would say tricked into hiking one day, but uh, I did. I didn't survive. Uh, mainly some water sports, some golf, some swimming. We we had fun. Saw a little saw you and your husband, little family get together, sixtieth birthday party, great. And then my husband, my younger son and I started off on his college tour and he is interested in several things. He's interested in not going to school in California, which is fine mm-hmm. with us. And he's Check. interested in going to a school that has sort of as much interaction in the classroom as possible. So a small that's a, that's a small good. liberal arts school 
school or a school where there's more seminar style classes, where there's a lot of reading and talking and writing involved. He's also interested in going to a school where he never, ever, ever has to take math again. So that <laughs> math free zone. Okay. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Having, think, you know, he has clear, his clear interests. That's good. That's he does. Really he, he has some shockingly clear interests that you actually center on education. Which I had to say to my husband, you know, a lot of kids go want to go to a school with a big football culture or they're interested in, you know, fraternities or sororities or a particular city. He is actually interested in what's happening in the classroom. So I can't fault him for that. So we're looking at a couple of schools in the Northwest. And I'm not going to give out too many details because as any parent knows who's been through this, it's a long year. He could change his mind by next May, right. you know, but... And uh, you certainly don't want to stir, stir up any additional competition for yourself. That's yeah. the way I... I, any, I think that's what really most parents would think. You keep those lists secret, right? Yeah. I mean, anyone else applying to the school your child is applying to. I mean, go ahead and Google, but I just would keep some of his college choices private. So, so we went on four tours in Northwest cities, a couple of capitals, Olympia, Salem, Portland. Uh, we looked at a school in Tacoma, mainly small liberal arts schools. And uh, here's what I can tell you. This was the first time I had really been on extended college tours because with my older son he just had a very different path to college it was a recruited athlete path so and my husband it was mainly recruitment trips he went on not tours and so I, I haven't really been on many college tours and so uh this was our first like back to back to back thing and I, I can tell you this we went on four tours in three days and uh -huh. the schools absolutely do start to sound the same like you start to forget which school has the nine month you know, study abroad program in Asia and which school has the internships available at the Capitol. You know what I mean? They do start to run together, but all four schools spent extraordinary amounts of time on the tour talking about their college acapella groups. <laughs> I mean, no, not what? really. Yes, Julie. Yes, really. Like the first school Someone asked the question, do you have an acapella group? And 20 minutes later, we're still talking about acapella groups. Oh. And I looked at Colin and I went, ooh, aca awesome. You know, I liked Pitch Perfect as much as the next person. <laughs> I, I know it's one of your favorite movies. I loved it. When your son really enjoyed watching it. So. <laughs> many, many times over his gap year, my older son. But by the fourth college, when we're continuing to talk about acapella groups, like we have seven and here are all their names. And like the whole tour was like, oh, and then this acapella group did this song here at this event. I was like, this is Aka aggravating. I mean, what oh. is happening? Is this all now, the college? Did you say that out, out loud? I was wondering, no. were you able to just remain silent during these tours or did you uh, provide some commentary as well? I have to say on most of the tours, there was one or two other parents that were more annoying than I was that were answering, asking all the questions. So I usually asked two things. I asked, how is the food? Which I think is a good question. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and then I asked, um, what's, do you have a senior thesis or a senior capstone? Like what happens in your senior year? I just wanted to get some, you know, idea of the level of uh, academic engagement all okay. the way through. So I thought those were pretty generic questions. I was, mm -hmm. I was not at the front of the tour, but mainly we talked about acapella groups, Julie. I <laughs> apparently that is all college kids are doing. They are just singing pop songs from the nineties to dorky <laughs> choreography. And all, everyone's cool with that. Like, 
<laughs> you know, so I was so surprised. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it was a, I wouldn't say it was a turn off for my son, but it wasn't a turn on. Like if mm-hmm. you're not an acapella you're not singer. not a singer. <laughs> right. Right. I can see. <laughs> Just, and then, and then apparently the other thing that you must do or have when you are a college in the Northwest, you must have a climbing wall. That's the other thing. Like the Northwest, their colleges, most of them started with like, you can rent kayaks. We have a climbing wall. One director of admission said, you know, this is the kind of place where you can go beach camping in January, uh, in the rain. And it's great. And I looked at my son, he's like, I don't want to go beach camping in January. He's, he's from Southern California. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know you guys. You know, beach camping in the rain in January. Uh-uh. That's out. So if they're not singing and climbing or beach camping, these look like good schools. I mean, they all, all the tour guides were adorable. They were all very different and they did their job. And, but I just have to say, I did not anticipate the, uh, Aka awesomeness of all these schools. <laughs> Do you think it's going to be a detriment to your son that he uh, cannot carry a tune? I mean... Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. I just was really, really surprised. Like, boy, times have changed. Uh, that, so, I mean, I guess you could say it's good, clean fun. It, that's, it is good, clean fun, as far as I'm aware, Leanne. Okay. So, so that's it. So Maybe he can start his own group. Maybe that's, he should, that should be one of his college essays. No, he's not like a joiner. You know, he's... No, he I know a, it's not. I know this would be abhorrent the, to him. There were some Either schools where, in an acapella group or even, I, yeah, yeah I, so. There was one school where clearly our tour guide, like, had joined everything, joined, every, you know. And oh. so she started, which, again, is fine for her. But when she started to describe, like, the cutthroat atmosphere of intramural volleyball, <laughs> I, I don't, you should stop now because you've just lost him. Between the beach camping, the acapella, and the cutthroat <laughs> intramural volleyball, I think he's out. I don't think this is his type of school. So, it's, but he did find a couple schools that he really enjoyed. So that's Leon, good. Big success. Yes. I mean, that's the key, like that they come back, they're fired up about a couple of places. It provides a target for them. It really can help to hone their interests and, and, and how, you know, their activities for their senior years. So job well done. And yeah. you're still on speaking terms with your son and, and your with, husband. And with my husband. Only once what? did we have to have the, you know, the hissing in the car. <laughs> Only once. You know, because I would, the hardest thing to do is not express an opinion on the school. Yes. Right. It's dawning on me. Uh, my younger son is a lot like me. There's a lot of, we have a lot of similarities, but uh-huh. he doesn't really want the same college experience I had. And no. I just assumed that he would, and he doesn't. So, and that's like a level of acceptance and I'm, I am trying to accept it. So like the very first school we saw, my husband's like, well, I wouldn't go here because bam, you know, like 30 seconds after we sat in the car and I was like, you, you just, you can't say that. Then you're not going to that school, you know. He there was a school he really liked, but my husband like, you know, cooked up some reason why he could never attend there. So I did have to have this stop, and that was good. So we only had one of those, and then we we tried to back off. I didn't even really ask him uh, what he thought, or I didn't want him to do a lot of comparisons till he had seen the school. So, you know, Mm -hmm. when we got home, I was like, "Is this still in the pile? Is this still in the pile?" I did say, wait, was that the school with the killer volleyball club? I go, yeah, 
Because, yeah, I don't think so. So, <laughs> I mean, if they only knew. I mean, that would make sort of the dean of admissions probably cringe that that your son eliminated that school because <laughs> somebody mentioned you know, killer intramural volleyball, you know? <laughs> so. Well, I did. The worst moment was one tour guide. I, we were just killing time. We were waiting for a couple of other kids. So I asked about the weather and, you know, as anyone in the Northwest knows, it rains like they uh-huh. all, I mean, they all, it all rains from November till the middle of April. And that's uh-huh. not a joke. That's when it rains, starts raining in November and continues to rain at all of these schools. And we happen to be there on beautiful sunny days. So I know that, I know that that's not the case and he knows it's not the case. And so I did I just toss out it like a soft ball about the weather at this particular school compared to other schools in the Northwest. Is there more sunshine less? And the tour guide said, well, our city is considered, um, if, if Oregon is a toilet bowl, we're at the bottom of the toilet bowl. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh God. That... I don't think they covered that no. analogy in um, the tour guide training sessions. No. <laughs> that... <laughs> Just, it's a fresh approach, Lee. It's it a fresh approach. It's vivid. It's vivid. It's a vivid, very vivid. So anyway, that's it. We're we're moving on. Senior year is starting. He's Good desperately Lee. finishing up his summer reading, Oedipus Rex today. And then uh I mean seriously. Is that out in movie form? It is. <laughs> Believe me. Uh he kept saying, It's a play. It won't take long. You know, one of those. So there you go. That's it. Well, Lee, well, Lee and I have a new segment I'm bringing today on Tuesday. It's called Butt In or Butt Out. You know, you know the situations. Mm-hmm. Do you get involved or do you walk away? Um, as, as you may have noticed in the headlines in the news, it's quite hot here in Dallas. Uh, it was 106 yesterday. I did. I saw that on yeah. the yeah. Yeah, GMA. It's, it's warm. Yeah. It's warm. So we have a community pool in this apartment complex that we're staying in. And uh, so when we arrived back from Colorado and it was 930 at night, uh, and it was still 97 degrees. Oh my God. We decided we wanted to take a swim. So my husband and I went over to the community pool um, to take a swim. We had a nice, refreshing swim. We're swimming around. We're the only ones in the pool. And then all of a sudden, I notice at this pool is kind of um, has like a ledge in it uh, so that you can actually put like a lounge chair or a beach chair. And you're sitting in maybe four or five inches of water. Have you ever seen that? In a I pool? have. I don't yeah. understand it, but I've seen yes. it. Yeah. Okay, but it's it's very popular. So in that section of the pool with this ledge, there was a woman face down on a on a beach chair um, in the dark. You know, on this ledge that has water, and so we're swimming around and. You know, I thought, well, perhaps she had been at a party and maybe she had too much to drink and she's passed out. And now she's on a lounge chair. And if she were to roll over, she would end up in the water, you know, and it might be a very serious situation. And uh, but my husband said, well, maybe she's just asleep. Maybe she just wants to, you know, uh, sleep in the dark because it's too hot in her apartment or something like that. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. So. Uh, we, we discussed this, we had our swim and I, I made the decisions like, I'm going to go over and just, just make sure she's okay. You know, she's a young girl. She's out, out, it seems to be out cold on this, on this <laughs> lounge chair. 
So I go over in my nicest voice, Lynn, yeah. my nicest voice. And I was like, hey, are you okay? And I start to, you know, put my hand on her oh, to gosh. see her. And she's like, go, she screams at me, Leanne, and said, go away. Just go away. You know, oh, leave wow. me alone. So, so that wasn't too good. So no. I, now I feel like, should I butt in or should I have butted out? I mean, maybe. No, I, you got to butt in. I got that's thank you. Uh, First of all, you and I both former lifeguards. So when we see, uh, you know, something happening near water, we're on it. You know, this we are vigilant. We are lifetime vigilantes when it comes to water. And two, like that woman could have died. So uh, if the next morning you had woken up and been, you would have felt so bad. Yeah. Like okay. So what do you care? You don't know this person. You won't see her again. I can't explain her behavior, but your behavior was above reproach. So well done. I I applaud you. Totally should have butted in. That's a that's a weird, dangerous, unusual situation. I I mean, I just thought maybe she was really in distress. Yeah. She could have said, you know, she could have said it nicely, Leanne. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, Okay, that you know that I can't control, but you did the right thing. Butt in. That's a butt in situation. Okay, that's a butt in. All yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you. That's Rachel. a butt in situation. All right, a lot of political news this week. We're just covering some of the highlights. Julie, I don't know if you've now heard who is running for office, but this is exciting to me. Melissa Gilbert, half pipe from Little House <laughs> on the Prairie, yes. is going to run for U.S. For Congress. No, Congress. U.S. Congress. Congress in Michigan. So uh, she is throwing her hat in the ring, and uh, I'm excited to watch this campaign. <laughs> I think I will use this as a, a distraction from the actual campaign that's going on. Now, she doesn't have any political experience, and she does owe apparently $320,000 in back taxes, so it seems unusual that you would run for office. But she was the president of the Screen Actors Guild for two terms, so she does have, you know, that kind of leadership leadership. experience. Uh, And when you say she threw her hat in the ring, was that a gingham hat? (laughs) That was a gingham hat. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we should, we should clarify, you've read every Little House on the Prairie book. You've seen every, you know, episode of the television show. Uh, um, Many of the tablescapes in your house are based on (laughs) Little House House on the Prairie. And I know I'm not the only one in the Satellite Sisterhood who feels strongly about the Little House franchise in all of its forms. So, and I know we have a lot of Satellite Sisterhoods who may live in the 8th District in Michigan. So just give me an update. If anything's happening that we need to know about and the half pint campaign trail i'm i'm open to that i'm open to have that. you you have to visit her facebook page and really get on it leanne i think that she could use all the support that seems a little like a sticky situation explaining the back taxes but there might be a very logical reason for that so no, she uh, had a weird remember she was married to bruce boxleitner that's oh. super and then she divorced they divorced and now she's married to timothy busfield from 30 something <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't know all this, Leanne. Oh, been yeah. Tracking her, so that's good. I'm just saying, and she's running as a Democrat in a highly Republican uh, district, so you know she could be an interest, could be a, a really interesting race. Okay. And I think you know the slogan "What would Pa Ingalls do?" is something people would respond to. <laughs> I think that's I that's I'm just going to. I can see that. it on a bumper sticker, Leanne. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, as long as we are like getting behind political candidates, this one's a little different. This is coming out of the country of Romania. Um, As you know, it's a republic. It's no longer a monarchy, but they still have a a former king who was kicked out when, you know, communism came in, King Michael. And he lives in Switzerland. 
and he's kind of he's elderly he's like 97 but he has he has come out today this is headline news he has stripped his grandson of his royal title now his grandson is prince nicholas or nick as i call him and he's incredibly popular nick is popular in romania because he's into ecology and cycling he's involved in literacy projects and he seems <clears throat> all, like an all-round good guy but the king, King Michael, put out, um, a, you know, a statement. It was kind of cryptic that, you know, to be in the royal family, you have to have, you know, have the highest moral standards. So I'm not really sure what Nick did, but I think it's unwarranted, and I think it's probably <laughs> one of his jealous relatives that's trying to edge him out of this. And if you would like to help to reinstate Prince Nick to uh, to his former royal status, you can go to his Facebook page. Already 23,000 people have liked Prince Nick, and they're hoping to get him get him back because now the next in line is his sister Karina. Now I'm not saying that this is some sibling rivalry, but it seems like maybe Karina was sort of angling for the next in line to the throne, even though there's no throne to have, you know, but (laughs) okay. I'm looking at Prince Nick. He looks like a fine, fine character. He looks looks very nice. Yeah. Just make you wonder why, you know, grandpa turned behind him, but it sounds like a good TV show. Okay. Okay. Is there actually a Facebook page that we can go to? Yes, I think there is, Leanne. I'll I'll put the link up. So he is Prince Nick, Romania. I think that's what you need to uh, Google. Nicholas. You. I mean, I'm close to him, but you can call him Nick Nick as well. Okay. So let's let's see if we can get him reinstated. That's a worthy mission too. Worthy mission. All right. Leon, I have I have a wonderful article that came out this week. I'm sure you you might have seen it. It was in the New York Times, written by Dominique Browning, and a bunch of my friends sent it to me. Um, and the title of the article was "I'm Too Old for This." Did you see this article? You know what? I saw it on a bunch of my Facebook friends' page. You know, friends' Facebook pages. Like they definitely related to it. So yeah, I have read it. It's a good article. I like her. She's a good writer, Dominique she's Browning. A, she's a good writer. Um, it's, it's about sort of how liberating aging can be. Okay. That's the theme of the article. And you know, Leanne, I was kind of psyched to turn six. Yes, you were. I, I said that, you know, I felt like I was still standing. This was, you know, a good time. And what Dominique's position, I think it's pretty similar to mine was that, you know, by the time you turn 60, you have, you have earned your, your way in the world and that there is a, this is a time in your life where you just don't have to put up with stuff. You can actually say, I am too old for this stuff. You know, that, you know, maybe you were insecure as a teenager or a young woman about the way you looked and stuff like that, you know, but why waste your time, you know, on, on, you know, uh, being insecure about your body now that you're 60, and what Dominique says is just get a pair of pants in a larger size. You know, I mean, when, you, you know, she was, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that's it. You know, she said you should stop worrying about weight gain. Sexism, she still feels is important and that we should stay on it. But office politics, toxic people, bad manners. You now have a new mantra, which is you just say, I'm too old for this. Yeah. And that you're not going to engage in it. And that. You know, it enables you when you reach a certain age in your life that you can sort of 
spot trouble coming, you know, because you have so many life experiences. You can spot trouble, she says, 10 feet away. And you know what? You can just steer clear from it because you're too old for it. You're just not going to engage in it. And so I think it's a very positive article about aging and about having, you know, really embracing the experience, the wisdom, you know, the, you know, the hard knocks that you've accumulated throughout your life and just having a very positive attitude about going forward. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I thought it was a great, great piece. And I, I feel that way at 50. So, you know, I don't think you have to wait yeah. till you're 60 to no, sort no, of learn no. to walk away from stuff and, and not engage. And, you know, it's, it's not really, she doesn't, it's almost like not so much going out with a bang, but with a whimper in the sense, like, just, just don't deal with it anymore. You're too old for it. And it's true. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah. yeah. You spend a lot, it's exhausting all that time you spend worrying about stuff or, you know, engaging in stuff that doesn't bring you, uh, you know, some modicum of peace or serenity or happiness or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Totally loved it. Totally. Loved so, so, you know, whatever age you are, try employing that, you know, that phrase, I'm too old for this. And just, just see, you know, just see if it changes the way uh, things are happening for you. That's right. what I think. Yeah. Well, Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to (laughs) buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz. Right. Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is (laughs) (laughs) nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at ButcherBox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer plus Get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who... Bring a touch of something special to your life. Aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) 
no kidding. Skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria Seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Okay, Julie, here's something we're definitely too old for. It's been a trend also this summer. And uh, it's tempting, but not that tempting. It's the pastel hair trend. Are you, have you noticed this? Is this a thing in Dallas? It's, yes. Well, uh, yes. With with young, young girls. Now yeah. that I am totally told. <laughs> I mean, it's cute. I, it's cute. If you're 17, go ahead and do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just adorable. Can you hear my dog snoring in the background? I can. That is a loud. I know. He likes to sit right next to me when we're doing these podcasts. (laughs) I think he enjoys the conversation as much as any satellite sister. Sounds like Like a plane landing in your house. (laughs) He's just, he he really can snore. He really can snore up a storm. So that's, that's what that noise is. Okay. But back to back to back to pastel hair. So, uh, you know, I think Kelly Ripa was the oldest woman I've seen with the pastel hair. What do you think about Kelly? You know, I thought it was a novelty act on Kelly, whereas I see the young girls with it. It's super cute. Like if I was 20, I would do it. You do have to strip all the color out of your hair and then replace it. So it's kind of a damaging two step process. And you can really only do that when you're in your 20s. Um, But I, you know, I, I we're too old for the pastel hair. But I have good news. Bobby Uh Brown, here's the color we need to just embrace as we move forward. Grayish, right? You know this color? What what is this color? Well, it's a gray beige. It's so Uh it's grayish. It's so it's a color that you look at and you're like, is that gray? Is that beige? It's not as dark as charcoal. It has a little bit more black in it than your normal beige or taupe. It's grayish. So, you know, I love Bobby Brown and I replayed, reposted a show this weekend about some of Bobby Brown's great advice, which was eye cream always, eye cream always, eye cream always. So I get her email newsletter and here is the most wanted color for fall, the grayish collection. Okay. It's just has our age group all over it because it's not going to make us look sort of gray ashen, you know, no. uh, no, hey, no, no. And we just leave the pastels to those young girls. We need to embrace the grayish eye palette. It's a whole palette, Julie. Mm-hmm. And it's like eight colors, including a touch of sparkle, which is what I like, you know, just a little. I know you do. I know you do, Liam. 
little sparkle, a subdued taupe sparkle, and medium ash brown for an edgier slate. I think you should, I, I just think it's a great, going to be a great look for us. Grayish nail polish, Julie. I just want, it's out there. I want to turn you on. I know you're starting to put your outfits together for the book tour. Yes. You know, it's a limited book tour, but for the things that we're doing for the book tour, we're starting to put our outfits together. I think this is a winner combination for us. The gray, the grayish. So. Grayish. So we're all going to have this grayish, uh, this grayish eyes if you show up in either Pasadena or in Brooklyn. I think it will look uh, different on all of us. That's what I would say. (laughs) I think it would look different on all of us. Yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah. You can either set it off with like a deep rose lipstick, which I'm pretty sure we should all stay away from, uh, or or a lighter, more flattering shade, which I think we can go for. Mm -hmm. The brightening brick. You have one. I just gave you one of those. Yes, you did. The brick. Yes, with the the touch of sparkle. Touch of sparkle there. So it's just a little bit of sparkle, but it's in grayish. And I, I think that is our color. Okay, that's that's it, Leanne. Grace. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. Way to go. All right. Well, she does she does focus on older women, and I like that. And yes. if she thinks we should be wearing grayish, uh, that's fine. Yes. I just have to learn how to apply <laughs> eyeshadow. That's my problem, Leanne. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe just stick with the nail polish then. Okay. Okay. Okay, Leanne. Yeah. Okay. Whatever you say, whatever you say, Leon, I wanted to bring you cause it's Tuesday and I wanted to bring you some picks and pans. Okay. Uh, and why don't I start with a nice pick for the month of August? You know, some of you are still on vacation. You're planning to go on vacation. Things are still slow. It, you know, it's not, it hasn't totally geared up for the fall and a very nice book that I just finished is Annie Barrow's book a uh, new book called the truth according to us oh okay i have okay. not heard of it okay so she's the co-author of the guernsey literary potato peel oh, yeah. high okay. society okay so this book has small town charm <laughs> it's sort of slow it's comfortable it's got a nice inquisitive young girl at the center of it it's got a beautiful stranger and there's all kinds of sort of it's about the power and perils of history Um, as told through, you know, by multiple people living in this small town. So it's a a very comforting book for the summer. And uh, if you're looking for something sort of easy, but, you know, like a comfortable chair or an old pair of flip-flops, that's what I say this book is, okay? (laughs) Okay, sounds good. Who's the author again? Annie Barrows, B-A-R-R-O-W-S. Okay. Okay. I'll put a link to it at SatelliteSisters.com. Yeah. No, I would recommend it. I think many Satellite Sisters would enjoy it. So that is is our um, pick. That's my pick Mm -hmm. for the week. Now, my pan, um, first is a movie. I just want to warn people about this because we were in Colorado. uh, We were doing Nana Camp. But we also visited with my husband's father, uh, my father-in-law, who is who is in hospice, who's, you know, and so we had had a very good visit with him, but it had been a long and trying day, and we were staying at a, at a Holiday Inn Express. We went back to the, you know, hotel. It was late. We were tired, and, my, and, and I said, well, why don't we just watch a movie to kind of just wind down, and my husband said, okay, here's a good one. It's called John Wick with Keanu Reeves and William Defoe. So it's it's in rotation on 
you know, uh, on TVs all across the country. And what you need to know about this movie, because I, I was like, well, what, what is it a detective movie? You know, my husband usually picks act, action movies. Yeah. He said, oh, yeah, it's a kind of an action movie, but it isn't violent. Leon, I, they, Keanu Reeves <laughs> shot 51 people in two minutes in one scene that I saw. Okay. This is the worst movie I have ever seen. First of all, Keanu Reeves, if he could act, I think he's lost his ability to act. He's also adopted the no poo um, uh, shampooing uh, process for yeah. this movie. He had the greasiest hair that was just hanging down in his face and he was just shooting people uh, for like an hour and a half. That's all he did. I don't even know how they can make movies like this. Like, I don't know how you could write a script. Like, okay, in this scene, when he goes into a nightclub, we'll have him kill 51 people. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just awful, okay? So I just want to warn you to stay away from the movie John Wick. And apparently there's a sequel to this because, because I don't know why. I don't know how this can get made. So. You know why? Because it was a video game, I think. Oh, really? Oh, it's, it became a video game. And yeah. then, you know, those are the type of movies that do very well overseas because it has no dialogue and it's no just dialogue. super just violent. Yeah. And so even if it makes nothing here, but it does very well overseas, then that's what happens. So there okay. you go. That's, yeah, that's, that's why it's being, yeah. So, okay. All right. So stay away from Stay that. away from it. Okay. From Good. Yeah. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to stay away from a new commercial that is on, uh, that's produced by Merck Drug Company. Okay. It's for their new sleep medication product called Bell Somra. Have you seen this one? No. With the furry letters? No. Okay. The, this, this is the, the commercial is about this sleep aid and it has a woman who has having problems sleeping. So at, and she has two furry friends that are, they're furry letters. One that looks like the, that spells out the word wake and the other one spells out the word sleep. And she sleeps with these things, these furry letters in her bed. It is the creepiest commercial I have ever seen. Okay. You are going to have nightmares about these little furry letters, wake and sleep. Okay. okay. I'm just I'm warning just you. Googling furry letters to see <laughs> what comes I'm up. I'm just warning you. So if this commercial comes on, Quickly, avert your eyes. Just move to the next room or turn off the set. I, I don't know how they came up with this concept. Uh, it, it's just, uh, and it, but it's bad. And there's ha you can hashtag furry letters. There are people that are really upset about it. I oh, have no okay. Idea. There's a hashtag. Yeah, oh, hashtag God. furry letters. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, and I have no idea about the sleep medication, whether it's effective or not effective. But if you have problems sleeping, these furry letters are not going to help you. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, as long as we're talking about ads, I actually like the new series of camp, the new campaign for the Volkswagens with the like trio of older women. Have you, you seen? I think those are funny. You know, you have to see a couple. Yeah. They just, they, that, they're funny. They remind me of like what mom, you know, I mean, it's a little bit bodier than what our mother yeah. would say, but yeah. she would just say stuff like that. Like if she was riding in the back of a car, yeah. I think right. those are pretty funny. Those, those ads, those, those make me laugh, but it sounds like these furry letters, uh, furry letters, the wake and the sleep They're They're supposed to be maybe a cat and a dog, maybe, 
I don't know. I don't know. The dog is the wake. The sleep is, but it's not a cat. They're, they're ter- it's terrible, Leanne. It, it gives me the willies to think about it. So stay away from it. <laughs> hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. <laughs> the book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from Pros is getting... Reviews. Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. (laughs) Because because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I know I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, rate or gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you're going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. 
See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or see a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's FrameBridge.com. Thanks, FrameBridge. Okay. So I can't spooky. really find it on Twitter, so maybe that's a good thing. I'm just going to okay. stay away. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's it. Terrible movie, terrible ad, pretty good book. The yeah. <laughs> perfectly okay. fine book, The Truth According to Us. All right. We are the Satellite Sisters. We are going to take a break and come back. You know, it was a double episode of Pull Dark this week, the season finale. It's actually two weeks ago. So we're finally getting a chance to talk about it. So we're going to take a break. Everyone go get some mead. Go... <laughs> Go get a dog without crawlers. Go yeah. get some blue corn flowers and join us back here for Pole Dark and Handsome. We're the Satellite Sisters. We are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, here with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. We are a little late getting to this, but we finally did. We're back from vacation, and it's time for us to talk about the season finale of Pole Dark on Masterpiece. This is our weekly recap, Pole Dark and Handsome. And Julie, we had a double episode this week uh, to handle and it was a long double episode, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was very long. So many highs, so many lows, ups and downs. There was lots and lots of galloping and a lot of sea staring as well, Liam. So it was a very full episode. Now, I did before the episode, Julie, I got an email from Viking Cruises. <laughs> They want you, Leanne. Yeah. They want you. And they just wanted me to know what the Pole Dark finale party essentials were. And he, here's what they wanted you to have when you watch this two-hour finale. A hearty meal of pilchards and Cornish pastries with a flagon of ale to wash it all down. Some okay. soft cushions piled high for a swoon-worthy scene. Uh, your fresh-picked cornflowers. Your canine companion at your feet. Get yourself some windswept locks. Okay. <laughs> Okay. A bucket of oats for your loyal steed and a vintage blue silk dress. No touching. Okay, that, that's what that's what the good people at uh, the Viking Cruise Line suggested. Very cute, Leanne. Very cute. I know they are they're sponsors of this show. It seems like people are signing up for those Viking cruises. You <laughs> not catch me dead on one of those boats. Really? No, I don't want to do that. I, think it looks I don't want to be on a boat. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to give a shout out to a couple of couple of characters in uh, the two hour finale. First of all, that horse must be exhausted because I mean, there was so much galloping across the moors with one people, with two people, with sick people, with sad people. There was just a lot of galloping this week. Yes, there was, Lynn. Lots. All right. I want to give a shout out and then a not so shout out to Mr. Drunk. Who I feel like has become the Mosby of this show. Like, <laughs> yes, really yeah. less is more. Okay, with Mr. Drunk. I felt like he got a little too much airtime this week. Yeah, I know. He was up. He was upright. He was talking. He was voicing opinions. We were supposed to care when he got ejected from the house. I, I, I think none of that uh, was helpful. Yeah. I, I, I like him like just crashed out in front of the hearth yeah. But, yeah yeah less 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 mr drunk in season two but i would say this more on agatha 
I enjoyed like her her screen time. The the crazy old aunt, the crazy and crabby ninety three year old. Yeah. She had some excellent moments. I would like to see more of her going forward. Okay, Lillian. All right, all right. I think that can be expanded. Yeah. So she may she may be on. She she's she managed to survive the putrid throat, which we're going to be talking about. Yes, she did. All right. So it opens. We have it's it's really two episodes that they just show back to back. So it's it's not really one continuous episode. So in the first hour of the two hour season finale we basically get the storyline of uh karen the actress who finally has her way with the doctor she's been chasing him and that results in her husband um mark uh you know getting very angry and then somehow um killing her basically (laughs) breaking her neck in a very dark scene that was hard to see we also have the introduction of the putrid throat. We get some foreshadowing that that is going to be uh, a plague that visits Cornwall mm-hmm. and that is going to take down many locals. And uh, and then we get um, more about the intrigue behind the scenes of the copper uh, mill, right? That's that that is that's the least interesting storyline. It but is, things, and it just I mean, yeah, I agree. You know, it's it's just guys sitting around and <laughs> i like how they drink at the auctions that is that's kind of interesting even the judge is like having a little glass of claret there so uh but it's not really it doesn't really do anything for me no i mean it, yeah it, it it doesn't not a lot of action happens it's the same story it seems like over and over again uh-huh. like the bad banker keeps clamping down on the people who want to start the new mill. And we keep seeing that like over the course of six episodes in various forms. But we do have the big mystery of where's Verity. And as we know, Verity has uh, left with her creepy sea captain. I mean, I want to feel good. You know, you should feel good for Verity that she finally escapes. I mean, that, you know, that she's going to be with the love of her life. But you can't be the least bit happy about that situation because you just... You don't. You feel like it's doomed. You know that she's making a terrible mistake. You don't know how it's going to play out. Will the sea captain attempt to murder her? You know, but he's got the bad hair. He's, you know, he's creepy. Uh, and you know, he's just. It's you. You couldn't feel good about it at all. There's no. there was no sense like, oh, finally their love is consummated. Uh, they're able to be together. This, you know, the passion between these two individuals. It yeah, was not. Have, it's not Sybil and Tom. On no, and exactly. Downton Abbey. It's yeah. it's instead there was a they looked like where they were having like the worst and most boring dinner ever. <laughs> like really, that's how you want to spend the rest of your life? I think Aunt Agatha is a better dinner partner than this guy. <laughs> and then there was that bizarre slow motion scene where she was literally walking the plank onto I, the boat. I, I don't know. I was like, oh. And then the and then the word the least sexy kiss of all time. Like that was not swoon worthy. Yeah. So, but first we have Karen, the actress working her magic on the good doctor and somehow Mark kills her. Uh, really it takes, I don't know. He just twists her neck. Right. I guess that's yeah, it. A I, big, strong guy. Yeah. You know, it was, they were, I think they're portraying it as an accidental death. Uh, you know, and, 
uh, I mean, he feels, Mark feels very badly about this. He's crushed. <laughs> he He's does crushed. feel badly. But yeah. somehow then Poldark feels the need to get all worked up about this and see that Mark escapes in his boat and he's going to set him up with the oars and a couple of days worth of food. And he wants him to, you know, leave the country and never come back. So he's not prosecuted for this accidental death. And that, of course, attracts the Redcoats. The Redcoats mm-hmm. show up again. Uh, I don't mean to sound stupid, but I didn't know there were redcoats like in England. I thought they just sent the redcoats to other countries like America and Scotland. So I, I was surprised. So it's, it's a good thing you're watching, Bull Dark and Handsome. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Learning so much. Okay. I didn't know they used the redcoats on their own people. Mm-hmm. But um, well, what color coats do you think they'd wear? I don't. You? I don't know, Julie. I don't. Grayish. I think they were grayish. Uh, so uh, so the redcoats approach. They want to question Bull Dark. Um, you know, conveniently, the captain of the Redcoats is an old army buddy of Ross Poldark's, mm-hmm. and Ross delivers the line to Demelza in a low, very sexy growl, prepare to be the lady. And Julie, I think we are all willing to prepare to be the lady, don't you? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was the growl, Liam. There was no hissing going on no. between them, just no. growling. Yes. And she puts on that red dress, and she's the yeah. lady, and they, you know, manage to, they think, fool uh the red coat captain that they don't know anything about mark and oh i don't know i have a boat but uh, it's too much for one man to handle and we know that's all going to come back to bite them but for a minute it looks like they've kept the law at bay and so then the rest of the storyline for the most of the hour takes is around uh Verity's leaving and Demelda's deception that she has not revealed to Poldark that she was the one that made Verity and the sea captain get back together again in the first place but I thought Ross handled it very well, Leon, when uh, Demelza finally spills the beans to Ross that, you know, she, in fact, was involved with this. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, well, it's, he handled it pretty well, and then they get over it pretty quickly because her, her penance is basically just two minutes of slow motion baking and delivering <laughs> baked goods. <laughs> like, just, just phones. Next time you get in trouble, Leon, just... <laughs> fire up some scones i don't think i'll ever trust you again until you bake those scones in slow motion i mean that's it because there's this wild like dueling scenes where we have men fighting in in houses and women trying to you know keep the peace so we have ross and francis going at it you know accusing each other of being the one that caused verity's disappearance and elizabeth's trying to keep the peace and then back at demelza's house she's got the doctor and mark the husband and they're yelling and punching each other and, and Demelz is trying to keep the peace. I mean, it just it was just chaos. There was a lot of intercutting between those yeah. two scenes. Mm-hmm. And was it me or did Mark and all his friends look like um, uh, like Smee and the rest of the gang from Peter Pan? Like they're <laughs> just <laughs> weird pirate yeah. theme. Captain Hook, was he there too in the boat? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, every, it was just... Whew. Okay. All right. So uh, Mark manages to get away. He does take Ross's boat. And then Ross and the Redcoat uh, have it out, the Redcoat captain. I, I, for some reason, the dialogue in that scene was like fake bogus 18th century language. Did you notice that? It's like yeah. they... It's like I they, didn't really care, okay? <laughs> you know, just move on. I, I was... I was a little impatient with that scene. Later, yeah. So. And of course, but there was the big like foreshadowing. Don't, at some point, Ross, the law is going to catch up to you. Right. Okay. And uh, 
Let me see. Okay, then we go. We've got Verity walking the plank, the creepy kiss. Yeah. You know, Demelza reveals that she has, uh, she's been the, you know, source of the, you know, Verity and Captain uh, Trist. And then we have the slow motion bread baking. So <laughs> I have to say though, my favorite scene in that particular part of the episode was on Agatha when she's yeah. eating and she's just saying, when will Verity be home? Just, I have the appetite of a 20 year old girl. And that's, that's when we see things are not going well for Elizabeth Francis. And what's the baby's name? John Paul. I, I called little Lord Fauntleroy. It's his name. As far as I could tell. <laughs> Jimmy Joseph. So, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Like, Robert Patrick. It's many, several names put yeah, together. Yeah. Francis Patrick, Lord Fauntleroy, little boy Fauntleroy. Yeah, I mean, Francis, and Francis, is, he freaks out. I thought, I still don't understand his his reaction to Verity and why he's getting so worked up about his sister. I mean, it's just his sister. Yeah, I marry, agree. Yeah. Let her let her marry whoever she wants. I mean, I just, maybe there, there is some backstory that's going to be revealed later about why Francis needs to keep a control over Verity. But it, it seems like out of proportion, his reaction to her elopement uh, or, you know, even her involvement in this. I mean, a duel? She's just her sister. Do you think our brothers would like no. go into a duel? No. Because of a bad boyfriend? I think not. No. no. You know, Julie, that's a good point. It does. Yeah. I mean, he's done more to damage the family's reputation than one what? misfortunate marriage to a, you know, wife-killing, creepy sea captain. Right. And now over the course of this, he's so convinced that Ross is the source of all his misery, that he's allowed evil George the banker in like a classic Shakespearean storyline, Iago, to like come in and get in under his his skin and Francis reveals the names of all of Ross's secret investors. And even though it's tedious, it does sort of play out in the storyline in the second hour of the finale that now George, who's secretly in love with Francis's wife is also has the name of the, these lists of these people and he's going to bankrupt them and bankrupt Ross. And he seems to be really focused on destroying Ross Poldark, but you're right. Like just let Verity to go. What do you care? Like she can't even own property. She has no rights. Right. <laughs> She's just your sister. She's just your sister. Good point. Excellent point. So uh, in the meantime, the putrid throat shows up and yeah. uh, your throat is on fire and you have a fever. Julie, yeah. I did not bother to Google this. Did you? Is this strep throat? Not. What is I, it? I, think it I, I didn't, but I'm assuming it's sort of a strep. Like, okay. Yeah. They look like they had strep, didn't yeah. they? Well, Elizabeth looked like she had strep with like Bobby Brown applying her sick makeup. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, she was she was like ashen, and but little Lord Fauntleroy, he was you know he was uh, uh, bright red. So I don't know. I, it was hard to tell. But they're sick. That was established. They were sick and they had they this raise, raging fever, and it obviously was very dangerous, very grave situation. But of course, who comes to the rescue, Leon? Demelza, because yeah. she says to Ross earlier that she feels like she needs to make up for her deception in the Verity disappearance. Mm -hmm. So, and this is what it is. She's going to be the martyr and she's going to come care for Elizabeth and uh, for Francis and little Lord Fauntleroy, even though they've essentially banished her from the house. And um, sure enough, she cures them, but then she and the baby Julia get sick. I know. That was that was sad. Leon, clearly the saddest scene in uh, in this uh, two part episode 
was when uh, when the baby dies and Ross is carrying that coffin. Oh my gosh! That was a very visually dramatic, emotionally dramatic scene. That was that was really well done. Yeah, and we and in the middle of it, uh, you know, Demelza is still sick, so the baby dies. They bury the baby, uh, and Demelza has no idea that the baby is dead. She is still in feverish. Her life is still in danger, and that scene was very dramatic, Julie. But like inexplicably, in in the middle of his like wife's dying, mm-hmm. Ross manages to see a shipwreck, plunder the booty, and start a riot. Like. <laughs> I just, I thought that was a little weird. Like, I guess you do crazy. How can you say that, Leanne? You're, we, you've been, wa- we've been watching an episode of Outlander where there's time travel. So what's a little shipwreck? Okay. I guess you're right. I, I mean, I guess grief makes you do crazy things, but his wife is like dying and he's like, Hey, there's a shipwreck. Let's go plunder the booty, everybody. Like, and then the next thing you know, a, a riot breaks out. Yeah, the riot was a little confusing, but it was the shipwreck comes at that moment a lot like the Christmas Eve copper discovery. You know, it was when things look the bleakest, the darkest, and then something good happens. And that by the shipwreck, you're able to keep all the, you know, the booty that has washed ashore and this saves the village. But then the villagers go wild. And that was, it was a little confusing, the riot in the dark. So, um but uh, I guess they got worked up about all the booty. <laughs> well, I think they got worked up about all the ale. And it was like, everybody eats and it's a big bowl of sardines. I didn't know. I was like, mm, okay. Like, yeah, sardines for all. So in the meantime, Ross, after he create, you know, plunders and riots, he goes back home. He's he's on what looks like could be Demelza's deathbed. There's a very romantic scene where he declares his love for Demelza in front of Elizabeth. Oh, yes. And Demelza yeah. is in and out of, she's having crazy dreams and she thinks Elizabeth has come not to care for her, but to steal her husband. Yes. And so she comes to, and she says, you know, are you going with her? And he says, no, you're the love of my life. And Elizabeth is standing in the doorway again, perfectly ashen with the whole whole grayish eye palette happening <laughs> and she hears this and it is like a final blow I think to her love She's, she was crushed yeah. in that scene because yeah. I think she always felt that there might be another time when she and Ross would be together but Ross was adamant in his love for Demelza. Yes. And it was a very touching scene. And so then Elizabeth goes back and lo and behold, George, the evil banker shows up and he declares his love for Elizabeth. And she seemed kind of open to that. Yeah. Now that, yeah, she, she was, was like, like, all right, I'm not. Yes, maybe yes. Huh. Better than that mealy mouse Francis. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Okay. I, Francis who didn't even want to come to the door. It was like, oh, too hard to come to the door <laughs> after. <laughs> oh, I don't want to do that. And so George just goes for it and declares his love for Elizabeth. You know, I think in season two, we're going to see some action there. That's what I would think, because Mm -hmm. now Elizabeth knows Ross is gone and and she's not going to spend the rest of her life with Mealy Mouth Francis. And in the meantime, we're cut back to the cottage where uh, Ross has to tell Demelza that their lovely daughter, Julia, has died. And that was a very sad scene. I know. I know. Yes. That was... 
That was, I mean, that's even the ups and downs of this episode were, were amazing, Leon. So Right. On uh, the skibble on the Sybil dying scale of how sad it was, like Karen uh-huh. the actress dying was a one, but baby Julia was like an eight and a half. I thought yeah. that was pretty sad. Mm-hmm. And uh and then immediately what do they do? They get on a horse. Uh and they <laughs> They gallop, they do some sea staring, you know, that yeah, that's important. That's important. Yeah, but they're reunited, and you felt like, even in this grief, that they were going to stick together, and you felt very good about their relationship, and that perhaps now with you know the shipwreck and you know the village, they have enough to eat that. Maybe there was some hope and some promise, but not so, right, Leanne? Well, in case you didn't understand that subtext, Julie, uh, Demelza actually says the line, so there is hope (laughs) for those people who, I don't know, might have nodded off uh, by that time. So you're right. There was hope, Julie, because they said it. Uh, and and then what happens? Then the red coats show up again. Who knew? Mm-hmm. And they take Ross to jail because now he's being, you know, arrested and jailed for plundering and looting and pillaging and murder. Somehow he's being mm-hmm. blamed for uh, the murder of cousin Matthew. And the curtain comes to a close on just Demelza, the hair, and the wind. Yes, <laughs> and the sea. I, I know. And it's just going to mean season two, so many scenes in a dark, damp prison. I know, like freaking Downton Abbey. Why do they do that? (laughs) No more prison scenes. Just, it's like Mr. Bates, we didn't care. (laughs) Well, of course we care about Ross. We care about Ross. Now now he's going to get all dirty. I know. Now it's going to be dark. Oh. He won't be able to wear that charcoal gray velvet jacket. I mean, I the linen shirt. No scything. No, there's going to be none of that. Oh. So, I know. So that that ends uh, season one of Poldark. All in all, very satisfying. But you're right. Yes, I, I, I they... totally enjoyed this. Yes. If you have not had a time had time to watch it. I just did make some time. It's a very enjoyable series, and uh, I am looking forward to the second season. Yeah, I don't know. I assume it's coming back like a year from now. So, uh, like Downton Abbey, that there will be a, a big gap in the window. But I know it's on PBS.org. You can watch it online. Not indefinitely, though. So you have to kind of get on it. If you have missed it, uh, get on it soon because the episodes will start to disappear. Um, but, Julie, that's it. I mean, in season two, I'd like to see more on Agatha. You know, I would <laughs> like to see more of her. I'd like to see less of Mr. Drunk. Uh, and just more scything. I think a lot more farming uh, in happening in season two. So, okay. All right, Leon. Those are good. Those are, you know, things that we can hope for like Demelza, Leon. There's always hope. We are the Satellite Sisters. If you're looking for us and other podcasts, uh, we do a whole show other than just our Pole Dark recap. You can go to SatelliteSisters.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, at Sat Sisters, Instagram, at Sat Sisters. We are there for you 24-7. There are hundreds of podcasts you can download uh, for 15 years of Satellite Sisters. You'll find it all at SatelliteSisters.com. All right, Jewel. Have a great day. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.